This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months, and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Hey guys, brand new BertCast, and uh, we have added shows on the Birdie Boy World Tour, Mass Nantucket, Medford, Massachusetts, Orlando. We have added shows, all of those. We've also had shows in Vermont, Indianapolis, Schenectady, New York. We've added a show, uh, Springfield, Missouri. We've added a show, Cedar Rapids. We've added a show, Nashville. We've added a show. I think it's our third show in Orlando. I think we've added three shows in Orlando, maybe three shows in Medford. Atlanta, Wichita, Kansas, Orlando, Florida. The new material, Birdie Boy World Tour tickets are available at BurtBurtBurt.com. But those added shows are up for pre-sale today. If you're getting this, I'm imagining you're getting this Wednesday. I'm releasing this today because Dice is at the stand this evening. uh, And I want to make sure that I can get that out in time. But if you're getting this Wednesday, pre-sale started for for those added shows in Mass Nantucket, Medford, and Orlando. Use the pre-sale code BirdieBoy. Here's why you use the pre-sale code Birdie Boy is you can get the good seats for good prices. Okay, that's what pre-sale is all about: is hooking up people that really give a fuck. So, uh, yeah, Birdie Boy World Tour kicks off. I am running those hours in the city. Uh, if you get, like I said, I use this text number three two three two zero eight zero eight four four. I will text sometimes when I'm doing an hour somewhere. Like so, if I'm doing an hour, say in the Belly Room, I'll throw up a text. Very, I can, the way I can do it, I can find you guys who live in the city and I can just text you guys independently and go, yo, giving you a heads up. I'm going to be at the store tonight. We got a good show. Burr's going to be there. And I'll I'll just do that from time to time. I'm trying not to abuse it because I know that it is your phone and you don't want to get random texts from me. But I did it last week at the Haha 
and a bunch of people showed up and we had a great time. We had drinks afterwards. People gave me a ton of weed. Uh, <laughs> did a podcast yesterday with uh, Bill Burr. I know that everyone had liked the podcast. We did a one-off podcast, I want to say like a year ago. Was, that, was it that long ago? Seems like it might have been a year ago. Leanne's not here, by the way, guys. She is at the dentist. She has an abscessed tooth. I know. Fucking, I know. She feels like, she's like, I think I'm getting an abscessed tooth. And then Izzy, our new dog, fucking bumped her in the mouth. And she was like, okay, I'm definitely getting one now. She, um, but yeah, I think we did, Bill and I did it, I want to say like a year ago. No, maybe not a year ago. Yeah, I want to say like a year. I, I, maybe. I, I don't remember. We did it a while ago, and we had a lot of fun doing it. And then we're like, yeah, if, if we ever get the time to do it again. And he called me up last week and said, hey, are you free uh, Monday? And I was like, I am. He's like, you want to have a cigar? And we'll film it. And so we did. So that that should be coming out in January. Um, Two Bears, One Cave comes out every other week. And then, you know, if Bill and I get an opportunity to shoot the a podcast, we'll put one out. It's not, you know, it's not a guaranteed thing. It's just kind of something extra. Look, I, I do this. I hope, I hope everyone's enjoying all the free content. I know for a fact that last night I woke up with severe panic attacks at three in the morning, realizing, yes, in fact, one day I would die. Uh, I, I was watching this thing on Ghostbusters and they said that uh, Harold Ramis died. I had this overwhelming feeling. I was like, even Harold Ramis dies? Like, you forget that. Like, you just, I don't know. You, not that I thought Harold Ramis would live forever, but I just didn't think he'd die. He didn't seem like the kind of guy that would die. And so I woke up with panic attacks. And the only way I soothed myself was listening to a Rogan podcast. And I thought to myself, hey, I should text him right now. It's three in the morning. I go, I should text him and say, hey, thanks for always having a new podcast for me. Like, I, sometimes I need one. I'm like, on a plane or getting on a treadmill or and, and I'm not I'm not talking about the ones you get excited for. I'm not talking about those. The ones where you're like, oh shut up. Like it's it's Rogan and Everlast or you know, I'm talking about like just like this one, the game changers one. I didn't even know what it was about, but I was like, I trust. And all of a sudden I'm like, this is a fucking amazing podcast. Now I'm sitting here talking about vegan here listening about veganism and I'm like, this is fucking Dude, thank you. Now I'm not thinking about death anymore. And I'm literally listening to this podcast about veganism and thinking about my choices that I eat with. And I was like, this is awesome. So that's my my goal. Put out as much free content as possible to make sure you guys are entertained whenever you want to be entertained. Uh, we're editing my hour special <clears throat> this week. I can't fucking wait. I'm obsessed. I think I've got big plans for this special. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. If you saw me on tour, you know that I'm, this is probably the best material I've ever written in my entire life. And so... The editing process will be painful, I'm sure, because I don't like looking at myself on TV, as odd as that sounds. Uh, I, I love listening to my own podcast. Isn't that crazy? But uh, right now, they're like, by God, where the fuck's Leanne to get Bert to stop rambling? What is this? Fucking, what was the name of my other podcast I did? No, Open Tabs. <laughs> We're trying to do Open Tabs again. It's just, it's it, things get fucking... I got another podcast coming out this week. I'm going to drop another one this week. Michelle Wolf, Michelle Wolf's podcast, uh, Michelle Wolf's special uh, joke, joke show. It's, it's joke show. It's on Netflix. It's fucking phenomenal. And it's up right now, streaming right now. I'm going to drop hers, I think, Thursday. But Dice is today because Dice has a show at The Stand tonight and the 17th and 18th of December. These are intimate shows. These are 
the kind of shows I, I always love these shows the best. I mean, I, I'm very lucky because I get to go to the store and watch people work out material. And uh, and that's what these are the, at the stand. I, I want to say there's probably two shows tonight. And I bet one of them's already sold out. I know there's uh, the 17th and 18th. There are tickets available for that, but there is tickets available for tonight. So if you want to go see Dice, this is a podcast with Dice. I absolutely love Dice. There's no reads today. A couple mid rolls in the middle, but no reads up front. So we'll get to Dice real quick. Uh, I, I was introduced to stand up comedy through this man. This was the first guy. Him and Sam Kennison were my first ever introductions to stand up. It, it was ninth grade. I was at Jesuit, and uh, a guy named Jay Nichols shout out to boomer uh was doing impressions of dice at the lunchroom table to like me ty rodriguez brad radke yeah that's right the pitcher for the twins brad radke um Kari brown jimmy cook pat fagan i mean we're all just sitting around pissing ourselves i mean he was doing the nursery rhymes and it was i mean i remember thinking like god damn and then Obviously, you followed Dice. I love the movie Ford Fairlane. I absolutely love that fucking movie. I just, I just, by the way, I just started watching it again online the other day. It's a great fucking movie. It's a great fucking movie. Dice, Dice rules. I mean, that's the name of his album. But Dice was like the fucking man, and he was the proto. We talk about this a little bit on the podcast, but he was the prototype for cancel culture. He had more people going after him than I think. Then Louis, I, I would argue, he, it was, he was the first guy to die on the sword for free speech. And I've been lucky enough to run into him at the store, but this is the first time I actually met him and got to sit down with him. And I, I had someone who told me that he had seen my stand-up one time and he couldn't stop laughing at the idea that I wasn't wearing a shirt. And I was like, I made, 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 made my fucking, fucking day. But uh, yeah, this is a great podcast. You're just listening to The Ultimate Fan. It's me and Halston. Just fucking giggling at Dice being Dice for an hour and a half. And at one point, he starts telling a joke that we just know because it's Dice. And I think at one point, I start reciting it with him. It's such a great experience. It's, po it's podcasts like these that are like, oh, yeah, I'll do this for 20 fucking years. Bring it on, dude. I got some. I mean, if I get to hang out with Dice for an hour and a half, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. Today's podcast, Andrew Dice Clay. This is the podcast. We'll talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> no, but I don't want people to know it's a bullshit number. No, it's not a bullshit number. It's a real number. It's a legit number. You get a they legit number. Yeah, but... They can't call me, right? No one can call you, but they can text you, and they can text back and forth. And when I get drunk or if I'm taking a shit, I'll just reply to people. They ask questions. They send pictures. A lot of dick pics. <laughs> you got to get me a number. I'll get you. But what if I don't want to bother with them and look at all? It's fine. You just send. You can just, like, Segura's got one, and he just pushes info. He doesn't even read anyone's text. Okay. Yeah. So you'll get it for me? I got you. I already texted her. Texted who? The girl in charge of the company. Her name's Molly. Wait, we could talk about it yeah, on we'll the talk. air because I'm really dumb when it comes to technology. So wait, do you know the dates I got to push? The no, uh, what's the, the stand dates? dates? No, is uh, that's why I brought this stupid thing in. 
See, I'm old school. This is how I do it. You are old school. You know, I don't I don't do what you're doing. I don't believe in that stuff. I'm I love a legit calendar. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, I got to have one every year. Uh, I I'll show you. Wait, the ten, wait, let me just 10th, 17th and 18th at the stand in New York. 10 10th, 17th and 18th of December. At the stand, at the stand in, in New York. That's in, how we'll start the in show. New York City. That's how we'll start the show. Because of the fact, uh, it's like a special. It's a really small place. It's great. It's like I've been to the stand. They got the new stand. They just opened it. That's where I am. Yeah, you know. We'll talk about it. We're talking right we'll now. Talk. We're recording. You good? I was at a different. What? You were recording right now. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be good? Do okay. I look alright? No, you're perfect. You're perfect. <laughs> No, no, because I was like, I can't get sick, right? You're not sick, No, I'm not sick at all. No. No, because I got to do all these, you know, dopey gigs. (laughs) Diaz was telling me you like to be on the road a lot. I love it. I love it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I don't love the travel. I hate the traveling now. Really? Yeah, I hate it. How much has it changed from when And I've you... done all kinds of travel. Yeah, because you, you've done everything. Yeah, from bus tours to private plane tours to, you know, commercial, mostly commercial, you know. And, um, you know, I, you know, I just might sue LAX oh. for aggravation. It's got to... The entrance I take, I take a special entrance to American Airlines so you avoid all the bullshit. But that's when you I've flown so much on American that that's what they they hook you up. And I'm losing it at the end of December, I think. It, it well now you know. I, let's not talk about airports. <laughs> really, I don't want to get mad. Wait, did it's you like doing a bus day. tour? Um, it, it, if the rides weren't that long, some yeah. of the rides were like 11, 12 hours. Yeah, you know, from one shit house to the next, you know, and uh. Who's yeah, like, you know what people would say? What? You know what they'd say? They go, oh, like whatever, whatever horse shit, you know, city it is. Because to me, there's no life between New York and L.A. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a bunch of fucking farmers. That's how <laughs> I always looked at it. I mean, and in the in the middle, you got Chicago, which is a real city which to me was just misplaced. It should have just been next to New York. You know what I mean? But other than that, you know, with the, you know, the farming community and not that we don't need farmers because I got to get my, you know, my milk for the coffee and stuff. So, but I'm saying they go, oh, what beautiful country. I go bored to fucking tears. (laughs) Couldn't wait to get on stage, do the show and get back on the bus. Unless you want to look at giant fields of bullshit. You know what I mean? They live there because that's the life they chose to live. You know what I mean? I want to grow shit. So grow. (laughs) But I don't want to be there for more than three, four hours. You know what I mean? And get the fuck out of there. Like I'll never go to Iowa again. They offer (laughs) me the hard rock, you know, all the time. Like there's a new hard rock. Oh, you'll love what? What? What the fuck is there to love? Yeah, you know what I mean. What? What am I gonna love exactly? I just did that hard rock. <laughs> no, when I go down for coffee, yeah. and all I'm hearing is bells ringing and my my brain's rattling. What? What's there to love? Yeah, 
Unless you get one of these farm girls with these fucking corn-fed, big fucking meaty tits, these big puddle dippers that you could get up to your room and grab a bite of fucking tits and stick a fat ass on your fucking dickhead. That's a good time to me. Yeah. I, I don't know how you live. That's what I like. Yeah. You know, I'm just funny like that. Yeah. It's just what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Like people go, Dice, what do you, you know, what do you like to do when you're not working? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> get my dick sucked and then go to the gym. Yeah. And that's it. That's my hobby. I yeah. enjoy exercise. <laughs> Who would be on those yeah. bus tours with you back in the day? Oh, I had some, some, you know, Jim Norton. Yeah. You know, you had a great group of comics, you know, like Florentine Norton. Yeah. Florentine all- Norton, Sebastian, Eddie Griffin. You know, these are all guys like I, I, I guess they call it mentoring, which mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you what that word means. You know, I just liked their talent and looked to, to help them. And now um, with Eleanor Kerrigan, who to me is, there's nobody like her. I mean, you know, this girl, the first first time I put her on stage, she was doing comedy, I don't know, three, four months. Mm -hmm. You know, she had like four minutes. I put her on at Westbury. Like an experiment, like you would do in science class. Yeah. Like, let's see what, and have you played Westbury yet? No. Okay. All right, listen to me. It's. It's in the round. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, It's a theater yeah. in the round. And she came out. I had to put on, like, short shorts. You know, like, use what you got to grab the crowd. Yeah. You know, let your ass stick out a little. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, she wouldn't go that far, but she wore the shorts, you know. You know, she's got the long legs. She put on the heels. The works, you know. Uh, boot off in, like, four minutes. Okay? They, they didn't want to see... You got to understand my fans are are abnormal. Yeah. Uh, I'm putting a pretty girl in front of them with her ass hanging out and you want her off and you want to see me, you know, because guys act like fucking girls with me. Yeah. It's really unbelievable. Their wives are as cool as could be, you know, and the guy is shaking like a leaf. Oh, do do, do me a favor. Walk away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at your wife. Cool as a cucumber. Well, you know. And they go, oh, Dice, you don't know what you meant. What do I mean? What do I mean to your life? Please. I don't mean anything. I made you laugh for an hour. Uh, I think you're wrong about that. But Eleanor will be (laughs) with me for, um, at this, where did I say we got to talk about the stand in New York? Because what I'm doing now, I'm doing these like really, I I would call it intimate. It's 130 fucking people. What is it? It's nothing. Yeah. It's no people. It's like being in my living room. But I'm doing these places because that's what I'm enjoying right now. Like I just did like some shows with Roseanne. I took her with me to yeah. start. We did, you know, four thousand people. And when I was doing it, I'm like, you know what? I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just not. You know, I'd rather do more time, stretch out the material, really make them laugh their fucking balls off. You know what I mean? Rather than be in this, uh, like these grand places, I look, you know me, you know, I've done everything, you know, I've everything. done the Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? What It's 101,000 people, literally one extra guy on the 100,000 they could put in there. And, uh, and I did that like with Guns N' Roses and Metallica. So the history, I've done everything, you know, and I'm watching like you guys do it now, which is, which is phenomenal. So, 
Yes, I'm doing these very intimate, like small clubs where I could really feel the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and so the stand is one of them. It's in New York. It's the only New York gig I'm doing as far as the city goes. Like people go, why don't you go into even like the beacon? Who the fuck needs it? I don't want to be bothered. You know, I know you're not a therapist, but I don't want to be bothered. No, it makes sense. You know, I was on with Diaz uh, yesterday and I'm telling him, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to meet them afterwards. I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many fights I've had with, with guys that want to tell me, uh, let's say he goes, like if I met you and I go, yeah, I know you're a good friend. Um, you know, uh, I'll use Tom Segura, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know him. You know, I never met him. I've heard of him, but I'll just use him like he's supposed to be my good friend. Yeah. And I go, oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't know who that is. No, no, he said he grew up with you. I go, yeah, well, good for him that he said that, but you know, I don't know him. No, but you do. He told us about Tom. This is like from a fan saying yeah. this, and I go. Don't you think I know who the fuck my fans and friends are? Not my fan, my friends are. Yeah. That's like saying, uh, you know, your mother's got orange hair. I go, no, my mother's had black hair her whole life. No, no, no. I know your mother since she's a... What the fuck are you talking about? I came from my mother. I should know what my mother looks like. Yeah. And that's why I don't want to meet them. Because yep. there's always going to be a... Du- I ha- Listen... Like I said, it's early in the day. I don't want to upset your engineer. All right, so this old girlfriend shows up. Like, I mean an old girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, she's 80. No, no, she's... <laughs> no, no, it's like like the first girl like I ever like uh, got involved with, but like like a non-sexual girlfriend. Like you know what I mean? back in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd make out with a... You know, half hour before sister came home with her boyfriend and he'd drive me home. But it was no sex. You know, I, I wasn't in there to the knuckle. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't given a routine five, you know, flicking her fucking tits after night. She was a nice girl, so I make out with her, you know. And um So what happened is so now it's years and years later. So she shows up like two years ago with her husband. And and number one, she's one of the only girls that looked like the girl I went with. You got to see how some of them show up. Like right. I'm going, I went with that, really? With the missing fucking front tooth? And I'm not even kidding when I say the missing teeth. I, this has happened to me. I go, that's, that's what I, what, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like at 30 years old, they should put like a stamp on their head expired <laughs> you know you know used by you know 30 or some falls to shit you know how they are with the cheese yeah you know and the ranch dressing yeah so uh so she shows up with her husband and he's got a brother now i know who the husband is i didn't know him personally but he used to be a dj in a disco when i was like 18 so i remembered him you know everybody yeah. loved this guy you know he was fun you know he's a now, the brother, I don't know, I went to school with this yo-yo in, in junior high school, you know, and he, it, the brother was like in a smart class. You don't have to know me well to know I'm not a college graduate. <laughs> you know, what class was I in? Yeah. The one right before the fucking retards. That's the <laughs> class I was in. Yeah. You know, and um, 
whatever they called them back then. Boom, boom. Is what, yeah. is our, what we call it. You know, the ones that will walk around, <laughs> duh, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah. Till they see a chick with big tits and they're pulling on. All of a sudden, they know what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, so here's the brother. And I, and I go, oh, I didn't know, you know. Like, I never would put that together. I never think about them. I, I'm looking at them, so I'm thinking about them. So the brothers tell me about this fight I had with him, the one I went to school with. Now, I know that this asshole of a human being has told this story a thousand times from the day I made it, right? Yeah. So he says how I beat him up in junior high. And I go, no, I didn't. You know, I wasn't that kind of guy to start fight. I had fights, but I wasn't a bully. I didn't pick on anybody, you know. I would look to break up a fight if I saw a fucking bully start with somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know how they, all right, right, let's. we'll go to that later. So anyway, um, the guy's going, no, remember this girl? And I go, yeah, I actually do remember. And you liked her, but I liked her, so you punched me in the face. And I go, I never laid a hand on you. I go, I know you're in front of your brother and your sister-in-law, and you've been telling this story. I go, what, three, four decades now? You know, and he's going, no, you did it. I go, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> you know, I go, if you don't walk the fuck out of my dressing room, I want you. At, I was at, I was actually at the stress factory in Jersey. Yeah. You've been there, I right? That, so yeah. you know how small the dressing small room is. Small the dressing room. So I'm starting, I just came off stage. I'm sweating. And I got an asshole telling me his made up fucking story. This, this is why I don't like to meet them. Yeah. Even people I know from the past, you know, because I got nothing to say. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Tushy. Tushy is an amazing, unconventional gift for anyone in your life. Everyone has an ass and everyone deserves tushy. Wiping your butt with dry toilet paper does not remove all the shit. Think about it. If you got poop on any other part of your body, would you just wipe it off with dry paper? No, you would bring water into the equation without a doubt. Water cleans better than dried toilet paper, my friends. Thankfully, there's now a sleek bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet and sprays your butt completely clean with fresh water. Tushy sprays directly onto your ass and removes the poop completely so you aren't sitting on bacteria that leads to nasty, nasty things like hemorrhoids, yeast infections, UTIs, itchy assholes, and skid marks on your underwear. Bidets are common everywhere in the rest of the world. A bidet saves you money on toilet paper. You, I still use, I, I do this too. I still use a little toilet paper, but it's one wipe. And it's not like rubbing it dry. You know when you shit a lot and you just can't get it off and you're like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Once you have a bidet, it just takes that all down and then you get a clean wipe. It's almost like hosing the side of a mountain and then watching the, the you get the point. It won't clog your toilet either. Tushy sprays your ass with fresh water, not toilet water, fresh water. It connects to the water supply behind your toilet to spray your dirty parts with clean, fresh water. It's the same water you brush your teeth with. Wet wipes are worse than toilet papers. If you put them in, they clog up your entire system. They're terrible for the environment, and they cause anal fissures. Who wants anal fissures? It's only $79. $79. It helps you get everything out right now. Go to hellotushy.com slash Bert 
to get 10% off your order. That is hellotushy.com slash Bert for 10% off your order. Was it always like but, that, though? Yeah. From, like, even when, like, like before before you pop-popped. No, like, no. Before I pop-popped, there was nobody coming over to me. So I then, mean, I, I, I had a, a, a following, you know, because I did things like... Uh, the Red Fox Dirty Dirty Jokes, which he had guys like me and Jackie Martling. And it was a VHS tape that started getting a following. Mm -hmm. So I started filling clubs from that. And then uh, a movie came out, Pretty in Pink, which remember, they let me be Dyson. They let me be Dyson, two movies, which I couldn't believe, which was Making the Gray with Judd Nelson. I was like part of that little brat pack, you know, yeah. oh, only not as big as like Molly Ringwald or Andrew. I did two movies, like with Judd Nelson. We did Making the Grade. And for some reason, when I told the producer, why don't we change the name of the character to the Dice Man? My idea, you know, and then, so he let me. There was a club. It said, like, the Dice Man, you know, in the movie. I'm going, what advertising for a stand-up in a fucking movie? So that was movie number one, which was with Canon Films. Then I get another movie, which is a John Hughes movie, which is a gigantic film with Molly Ringwald and Andrew McCarthy and um, John Cryer, uh, John, Cryer John Cryer, and right? what's his name, uh, uh, which I did the show Blacklist. Oh, um, uh, James James Spader. Yeah, um, amazing, you know. And John Hughes loved me so much. I played a bouncer at a club that he split my scene into two scenes so he could show me again. Yeah. You know, which was, and that's where the whole cigarette around the head happened. He goes, do something, you know, to end the scene. So he just used that as a separate scene. And so now I'm really getting a following in clubs, you know. So and another guy that I said, why don't we just call me the Dice Man? Who gets two movies using the name they use in reality? It's never happened no. to this day. You're, you got to experience things that, I, I always think like I can't imagine we don't get it anymore like it doesn't happen but what, I mean you did that Dangerfield special uh, I think that was like for us in high school that's when all of us were like holy shit yeah that's the you know um, Doug Ellen who created Entourage okay yeah. and his he gave me the last season of Entourage you were great on it. No, but but he came to me when I met with him. He got, you know, I thought it would be like a little walk on a cat. Like nothing was happening. Yeah. For, for Like I was doing the road and living off what I call my first career, you know, <laughs> which I did, you know, 12 million people in concert. And, you know, I wow. did over 300 arena shows. They would, you know, if I put on a sale, you know, 20 cities, let's say, you know, it's hundreds of thousands of people, right? Yeah. It would sell out in an hour. Gone from a newspaper ad. No, no viral marketing. No Twitter. No Instagram. Nothing. It was just. I, I was. There was nobody. You know, I wasn't following anybody. They just followed me through the front doors of the Spectrum three times. You know, the Philly Spectrum and you know the the Forum. You know, everywhere. Like, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about the comp. But it, in the meantime, I. You know, it was just an ad in the paper. It's you know, this from the Dangerfield thing. This isn't even from when I did a special nine months later. No, it was. It wasn't even from. Uh, it was Dice your first album? Yes. It wasn't even from Dice. It was that Dangerfield special. Yeah. We, well, well, it got spread like 
what happened talk about viral the, marketing the album came out around you know that was rick rubin producing came out you know just about the same time the the rodney thing happened mm -hmm. and what's funny is that you know when rick came over to me i was i was doing the laugh factory i had to do two shows there before you know when it was just a tiny little room there was like 20 people so i go next door to greenblatt's for coffee and uh here comes this guy looking like a fucking bum with this other guy that i'm gonna blow off you know even back then like i don't want to talk to people yeah you know i just don't want to bother you know so the guy's like low-key and he's like I, I i'd like to speak to you for a minute this i'm like yeah well you know what you know, I got another show, you know. You know, I'm from Brooklyn. You know, I don't have patience for these, you know, Californian tofu-eating assholes. I don't, you know, I never changed, you know. Yeah. So uh, the guy standing with me was a writer, screenplay writer. And he looks at the guy and he goes, aren't you Rick Rubin? So I look at this guy and I go, who is he? He goes, who is he? He created rap. Who is he? Run DMC, walk this way. And he goes, yes, I am. Because Rick's very respectful and soft-spoken. And I wound up doing five or six albums with him. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, so so that's how I met him. And we did the album. And it came out when the Dangerfield thing did. But it was just, I, I took, okay, this is how the Dangerfield thing this is how much I knew what was going to happen, you know? And I know you're very hot right now in, in the comedy world. You know that. Right? I was, I'm having a second. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm hot, but yeah, I'm, I can sell some tickets for the first no, time. No, you're, you're, you're cooking now, you oh, know? Thank you. And, um, if I know you before I come here, I know you're cooking, <laughs> you know? I heard, I heard a story and not to just interrupt you. It was one of the greatest stories yeah. ever is, uh, uh, Eleanor texted me. I think Eleanor texted me and said, uh, "Dice saw you, uh, saw the video of you get you're coming to a club, and he was like, the first thing he said he's he doesn't wear a shirt, and then he said she goes he was laughing hysterically. He goes he doesn't wear a shirt. It was the greatest compliment that yeah, I made you laugh because I'm always sweating. Yeah, when I come off stage, I go, this guy figured it out. Don't that's even exact, wear a shirt. That's exactly why I stopped wearing a shirt. Is I was sweating in a shirt." And everyone would see sweat stains. I was like, fuck it. And, and you took off a ton of weight from yeah. the time I seen you, which is good. Yeah, thanks. You know what I mean? Yeah. You but, know that. Yeah, I did. Just I, for your health. You know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I just started getting healthy. Uh, you know. But so wait, so go back. Tell me about the Rodney Dangerfield special. Okay, so. Because that was that was groundbreaking the, for all well, of us. Well, it, well, it introduced so many people to comedy. That was the first time I ever saw comedy. Where well, I was like, it oh. aired, it aired on um, February 13th. 88 and i came into the business september 13 78 so it's basically 10 years the same like weird right yeah so um but i knew what was going to happen you know it, it wasn't a sh like if you knew me back then you know let's say you were a little insecure about yourself which most comics are mm -hmm. the one thing i always had was complete confidence in who i am and what i do it's why I fucked everybody, you know, just to prove a point. Yeah. You know, I mean, every waitress, every cover girl, nobody was safe. People in the audience, girl going to bed, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, let's go to the main room. I'll show you around. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, because I just wanted to tell people, like, I'm going to be the biggest thing in the world. You know, so I figured when you're fucking a chick and you go, let me tell you something about me. 
you know, but yet you could keep the bounce going. Yeah. You know, like you just feel your balls bouncing off a fat little ass and those wet fucking greasy lips, right? Yeah. But yet I could hold a conversation and smoke a cigarette at the same time. Because I put the ashtray near her head. You know what I mean? So I could take a puff. I hold. Let me tell you something about what you saw tonight in that original room. I go, biggest comic in the world. You're fucking the biggest comic in the world. So if you come on my fucking dick, that's an honor. You know, remember, dice, right? And I would tell them all, you know. So anyway, a few days before the special's going to air, which Rodney let me edit my shot because when he showed it to me, I go, all right, what are you kidding? And he goes, okay, man, what do you want to do? I go, you want to work on it? So he sends me in with the director and he goes, Dice wants to edit the shot. Okay, man, give him a shot at editing. You know, an hour later I walk out, he goes, you happy, man? And I go, yeah, the biggest comic in the world, you know? So on a Thursday, because you know how the industry shuts down Friday. Everybody yeah. goes home. Now, back then, like I said, it wasn't with the fucking laptops and, you know, you know, everybody writing their script at every Starbucks, you know. Yeah. It's a big fire on the other side of town. Well, on this side of town, everybody's writing the movie about it, asshole humans. Yeah. Okay. So it was newspapers. So Variety was a newspaper back then. You know, so I decide I'll just take a full page, you know, and tell the whole industry they're about to see the biggest comic in the world. And I wrote like a whole poem about it. I put my picture on one side, of course, like thirty five hundred bucks. Right. And then the other side was like um, like in bold letters, it said, uh, I never studied much in school, but when I turned on the tube, and then I listed everybody. Like there was Elvis the King, Buddy Rich with hands like lightning, Travolta sang and danced, Sly knocked me out. All these greats, like Leeson was the great one, Cagney, you were number one. And then near the end, I write, Murphy and Pryor, both great, no doubt, but in 88, it's dice thou shout. I never studied much in school, but I did study you know, with this real attitude-looking picture and, um, and and the time of the show when it's going to be on. Yeah. All right. Which is the ballsiest thing I did to that point. Like, it's insanely... Yeah, now, don't I'm, forget, I've never heard Ed, this. Eddie Murphy's now mm. having his resurgence again, which he'll crush it. I love Murphy. Yeah. But, you know, at that time, he was doing the big movies and, you know, the movies are making $300 million, you know, at that time. Pryor, you know, Mitzi used to have me uh, uh, go on after Pryor when he came back from the burn incident because nobody wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, and I knew I could crush. You know, I just knew my material would kill a crowd, you know. You know, and and I was different than the other guys. Like, I, I had the comp. I was waiting to go on. Like, it wasn't what, what am I going to do after Pryor? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. You know, I'm dice, you know, and... So so what happened is the show airs Saturday night. Monday, I'm the biggest comic in the world, just the way I said it. Everybody calling. Sandy Gallen, who was the biggest manager in the world at the time, you know, um, tracked me down at a club in Connecticut. 
there's a Mr. Sandy. I'm having breakfast. When these guys want you, they they find you. Yeah, it's that's you know he he handled Sly, he handled Whoopi, he handled Neil Diamond and Dolly Parton. I mean, the biggest of the big, you know. And I uh, and I signed with him, and then I wound up with Geffen, and I wound up with Barry Dilla with movies, you know. So, but I knew what the country was about to see. I predicted it. I knew it was going to happen. It wasn't like a shock to me, you know. And um, yeah, I remember after the after the special ad, I walked to the comedy store because I always like looking at the thousands of people in their cars and you know, in the clubs and doing their fucking drugs and throwing up on themselves from alcohol. And I'm thinking, I just became the biggest thing in the fucking world. And it was that, because it was like Lady Gaga, but only as a comedian. I, I, and, I remember it distinctly. Well, that's why they called it Dice Mania. The, like, you remember... Oh, I, I, I remember sitting at our lunch table and one kid could recite what you had said and we were dying fucking laughing and going like and the other kids that hadn't seen it were like how do i find this how do i get this it it's the it's the weirdest thing because that was my point with doug ellen when he put me on entourage you know and he had other comics through the seasons do a part you know yeah. uh saget did great on there you know he's the one i remember but doug felt you know when he sat with me he goes you're the greatest comic in the world. Like, where you been? What happened to you? And I told them my story, my personal life, whatever. Yeah, I went to, you know, I'm very into my my sons and raising them. And I went through the, the, the big divorce. So that was like way more important to me than, you know, my career. I didn't never give a shit about the career. I care about more my personal life always. Dude, was it tough? Yeah. Was it tough with with such a large persona? To then go to drop off at your kids at school and have parents. Oh, they looked at me like the animals here. Really? When I would pick, it was great because I'm always in the gloves. Yeah. I'm normally in sweat shorts and a tank top so I could feel it, you know, like, oh, there's the animal hanging on the fence, you know. Yeah. In the meantime, they all live in their houses with their dirty little fucking secrets. They're all no fucking good. They don't even take care of their kids. And I'm from Brooklyn. I I raise my boys. They live with me to this day. You got you know? great kids. And um, thank you. So, you know, so I, I I didn't care about it. But wait, I just want to finish the story. With sorry, Doug. sorry, so yeah. Doug sorry. says to me, he goes, "Listen, I'm going to give you this one season of Entourage." After I told them what had happened in my career, you know, and my personal life, he, and and they sort of followed it in the show, you know, and he goes. And wait till you see what happens for your career. You're not like other people. You know, he goes, you'll see. I know what I'm talking about. And, you know, right from Entourage for the next 10 years, which is just about now, you know, every project high profile from the, the latest, obviously, was Star is Born, you know, with Gaga and Bradley. That. And, You're um, amazing in that. And, uh, but, you know, like Vinyl with Scorsese yep. and... and um, you know, just these, these, my own TV show I did for Showtime, you know, but, uh, I, I couldn't take it, you know, honestly, you know, with, you know, everybody say it's an honor to work with you until they're working with you and they go, we know what we're doing dice. And yeah. it's like, why don't you just write what really goes on in my life? 
you were yeah. back you were backstage at the store one time i i, I don't i doubt you'll remember this but i want to say back there was like if, if i remember correctly i think it was like chris rock louis anderson maybe roseanne i know that me and gary goldman and steve Byrne were back there and you were telling the simplest story you tell, told us two stories one about your kids had a friend who pretended to be dead and you and you were like you're not putting this past me and and then another one about you bringing the bikes oh to the, i know to uh, the park and then you get it's all about the bikes and then uh, how i got cut up i had your bikes in my bronco and, and, then, and then they're telling me I can't fucking take the bikes here because yeah. they're playing golf and fucking, uh, what is it? Uh, what's right near? Where's like the Playboy Mansion? That neighborhood? Uh, Brentwood? No, it's is it Beverly Hills? No, it's not Beverly Hills. <clears throat> it's past Beverly Hills. Palisades? Not Hancock Park. Um, whatever it is, Spelling's got his house there. Yeah, and they play like the little guy. And I was like, fuck them, get on your bikes, who gives a shit? I got hit with a golf ball. Yeah. I actually <laughs> was taking a break, sitting on the grass. A guy hit me with a golf ball. We were crying, you know, laughing. And, and I'm cutting my legs up, taking the fucking bikes out of the, and my wife's going, maybe you don't want to go here. You know, I said, just fucking ride the bike. <laughs> just kept, get on the bike and have a good fucking time. Going, don't bother me. And then your kids, you, uh, this is all I remember is your, I've thought of this line so much. Your kids then find something else and take off, and you're sitting with the bikes. You go, oh, they yeah, they want. What the about the bikes? Yeah, they're on the swings. <laughs> they're on the you swings. know, they like the swings and all that. And all that, and and you know, and that's when the wife is like, "Go and see." I told you they didn't need to be on the. Just go on a fucking bike and, and go around the fucking thing. Leave oh, me alone. we were dying laughing. You know, because you don't come across that in Brooklyn. You get on a bike and yeah. you go. Not you can't go. Why? Who's walking here? Yeah. Who the fuck is walking on the street here? You know what I mean? I'm getting on the bike. Call the SWAT team, assholes. Yeah. You know. But those it's funny because you talk about your career in these in like in like a period where you know you're going through the divorce and raising the kids and staying out of the limelight. And I just all I remember is all I remember is either being on the road and knowing that you had like a little traveling circus that you'd go in and you'd do like I want to say you're doing either thousand seaters or you'd go in and do a club for one night or bounce around. And I ended up and and at one point I ended up working with you on uh on a show called The X Show. It was my first TV show. And you were you came on and did like a like a cameo okay. for FX. <clears throat> this has got to be twenty years ago. It's amazing how I don't remember any I, of this shit. I, it's I, I it's so funny you I my memories of you are so recent. I, I mean, I just, and like, I remember one time you went on O&A and uh, Judd Apatow must have been sitting in a chair and you didn't know who he was. And you just go, hey, you got to move. And, yeah, I mean. And he was like the biggest movie star. I am crying in my car going, it was the greatest radio no, appearance look, I, ever. I love Apatow. Yeah. But, you know, he's a, he's a movie producer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a writer. He's a and and to me, he's done some of the greatest comedies and like his show on Netflix, Love. Yeah, was yeah. one of the best shows about. It really the, was like I'm looking at that show. Did you watch it? Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about with yeah. Gus. Yeah, I think I don't know everything. I just no Gus it. was the leading yeah, man. I know Gus. Yeah. You know. Okay. 
<clears throat> this is how smart Apatow is. He took some fucking guy that, you know how they say to somebody for everybody? He didn't take like a leading man. He took this fucking yo-yo. You know what I mean? Yeah. This fucking guy, and he makes him the love interest, and the girl's crazy about him. But what I show and what I used to yell with my producers on my show, I go, because Natasha Leggero played my girlfriend, I go, mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing. Every week she's angry at me. Every week she's yelling at me. How come you never show why she's in love with me? I go, why don't you show that side? I go, they got a show on fucking Netflix with a, with a guy that looks like a fucking stick figure that's fucking the girl every 30 seconds. Yeah. That they actually say, let's have sex. I go, not one time in my series. So it's like, well, what dice do that's so bad that he's just getting screamed at? Why would he even stay with a girl that's so fucking nasty to him? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Show her sucking my fucking dick in the car. <laughs> Show her with her legs pinned behind her fucking head and I'm just slamming into her. Then you show her yelling at me because I did the wrong thing. That's what, that's what wrong. But I felt like the people working, it, well, some of the people didn't know what I call romance. Yeah. <laughs> Show with her fucking knees pinned by in her head. You know what I'm talking about, that move? You know, where you get the knees right on the sides of that fucking head and you slam into them like they're not even fucking human? And then you're out in public, right? After you eat those beefy fucking lips for two hours, right? Now you're in a fucking uh, diner, let's say. You know, and you meet another couple for breakfast. And... The girl is like, oh, it's so nice to have met you and all sweet. And you're looking at her going, if they only knew. Because I, when I meet polite people and the girl is extra polite, I'm thinking, all right. So when she's behind closed doors, this horse-titted animal, right? Is she saying, oh, it's now time for the removal of the brassiere? <laughs> She's not all polite once that door closes. Yeah. It's one leg up, you fucking animal. <laughs> one fucking leg up. You know what I mean? The most lewd position imaginable. Not even like you're on the side of her and banging her. One leg up. You got to give the command always. And you got to have, you know, you got to take control at that situation. And if they start lowering the leg... You go, maybe you didn't hear me the first time. <laughs> One leg up. And then on the weekend, you're at a party. She's dressed like a human being. Oh, really? And you're a, an orthopedic surgeon? And I'm looking at her going, you fucking hoa. If only they know. That's the beauty of romance. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That an hour earlier, you could have been catty corner fucking her on the island in your kitchen. And nobody knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? And on Thanksgiving, they're standing with the tortilla chips out here and the special dip that every chick has to make. They can't just buy dip. Oh, did, did you taste the dip? I think you had enough dip out of my fucking dick, you <laughs> fucking animal with the I love them. I was always romantic with girls. Yeah. That's just how I am. You know, it's the truth. Like, people don't know me in that way. They get the wrong idea because of the stage persona. 
But honestly, I'll fuck you anywhere. That's how much I'm into you. I mean, we could wait to go home. You know what I mean? But did you see the bedroom in your girlfriend's house? It's beyond belief. Like, what are we? There's a rug in there. Like, what are we waiting to go home for? You're all lick it up. You're all sloppy. You know, uh, you know, my balls are fucking clapping together. What? We got to wait another two hours. I got to listen to these boring fucking people before I could drag you into the fucking bedroom and throw you on the fucking floor in there. Like, what, what are we waiting for? We're at a party. A party meet. That's why I don't get into the politics. Everybody at parties heated with the veins coming out of their necks ever since, you know, the last election and all that. I couldn't give a fuck who the president, when I go to a party, number one, I don't give a fuck who the president is anyway. You know, I just never cared because nothing ever changed in my life. On January 1st, I'm going, all right, what's the plan for this year? It's a business. And people are there, no, you don't fucking understand what's going on. And I'm looking at the chick in the corner with tits. Not even like normal tits. You know what I mean? Tits that can't be contained. And I'm going, drag her into the broom closet. Like, this is why I'm at the party. I don't care who's doing what, who's the congressman, who's the mayor. I want to dump a load and get the fuck out of here and know I had a good time. That's a party. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, you know, maybe I'm nuts. Maybe I should be screaming about, you know, the state of affairs or the last debate. I couldn't even tell you who's running. There's like a whole ton of guys trying out. Yeah. And a couple of chicks they sprinkled in to make it look good. (laughs) You know, know, it's just amazing what's happened to it. That's why I stay off Facebook. They're all fighting or showing the 103 year old uncle with tubes sticking out of his neck. Oh, Uncle Uncle Raymond Peso gives a fuck. You're anonymous. Yeah. Nobody in the world knows this fucking guy. Why are you showing him to me? So I stopped going on there. And I don't want to see what you eat. I'm not even doing material for my I'm just saying, when I look at this shit, I go, it's the life that you're leading with this guy for 36 years so fucking boring that you gotta put up a picture of the fucking meal you ate that night? When did our parents ever say, oh, I wish there were cell phones that I could take a picture of this meal and show it to everybody. All the stuff that's going to come flying out of my asshole over the next 12 hours. The fuck has happened to the world? I I fucking, I don't know. I know I'm a part of it, but. (laughs) So anyway, to make a long story shorter, with Doug, I did all the projects. Because you brought up a question an yeah. hour ago about yeah. like uh, when when I made it, you knew where you were, whatever. You remember yeah. seeing it? Uh-huh. He wrote it when I put out the Dice autobiography. He did the forward, and that's what he wrote about. That everybody remembers where they were at that moment when they mm-hmm. saw this guy. And at that moment, I didn't realize the effect, you know, like that I was having on the country. Oh, I, I knew I was going through the roof, but I'm going, it, it's, it was bigger than most, like me and Billy Joel were the number one and two box office stars as far as live performance before every rock band in the world. Billy was number one. I was number two. You know, I, I can hear, it sounds silly. I'm sure you probably know it a little bit, but I can hear parts of other comedians from the store that came out of the store. When I hang out with you, 
I can hear a, a little bit of your I, like when I talk to you I hear a little bit of them like oh they got that from Dice like there's parts of yeah, everyone I've been living this for a long time now with you know with the comedians out there what what is funny is you know everybody always brings up the garden I did the garden you're the first today, person to sell out the garden yeah, I, I did. Yeah, to two do it two nights in a row, and then I came back ten years later to do another show, just to show my sons yeah. what can be. You know, even though they were young, I knew something's got to go. The time? They were six and ten. Yeah, and I just knew something would go in them. You know. Yeah. Like because I'm like I want to grow up and first hear the story and look at tapes, let them feel something, let them see something. And my wife at the time would let him in at certain, like my, my Max, my older son, you know, was allowed to be on his own and come in and out of the room. He knew if it got too dirty, walk out for that moment. Uh, my son Dylan, who's my youngest son, uh, he uh, he was allowed to like see me go up, you know, to feel that audience and to watch the poems at the end. Yeah. And it, it that was an incredible night because it was the last night of the World Series, the Mets playing the Yankees, and we were still sold out. Wow. It was unbelievable. I wasn't even going to do the back in a room. Yeah. You know, and uh, Ron Delsner, who was promoting the show, called me in the afternoon and he goes, look, Dice, he goes, we could sell a ton. Would you allow us to open up the back? You know, so I said, yeah, I don't get my points proven, you know. Like I did that show just to show my boys. Yeah, it it's just been a crazy career. And now they're a band called No One Cares. You know they they've done like Ozfest. They're a rock band. They've yeah. done a Sonic Temple Festival this year, so they're doing their own thing. But it, it's funny to live in a house with all creative people. You know, because there's always disagreements with it, and because I'm so seasoned as a as a performer, I don't even look at it like comedy because. Like my son Max last night said, you're a concert performer. That's why these people pay the kind of money they see that, that they pay to see you in these tiny little places now. Goes mm -hmm. Because it's like a lot of them are people that sat in the nosebleed seats going, wait, I could sit up front and see this guy in a club. So, But I've never enjoyed performing as much as I do right now. Really? For whatever reason. Yeah. Do you like do you like the writing part of it, or do you like just the the writing is on stage? There's no. I'm never at home going. Uh, oh, let me write this down. Let me write that down. Do you pick up um, on parts of life where you're like, oh, I'll take that up tonight, or do oh, you, you really know who get, Eleanor? You know who opens for me, Kerrigan? Yeah. She gets so angry at me because in the middle of the day, like we could be in the gym. She's also a workout animal, you know. I go, oh, here's something I got to talk about. You know, tonight I'll like open with it. And she goes, yeah, and you'll kill, you know, you know, with, with not even thinking about the bit. And I'm at four shows a night working on stuff for weeks. And you don't leave the house and you'll come up with this thought. Like, um, like the new thing is, you know, with the, the whole body shaming thing and, uh, you know, but there's there's a dating site, you know, for these fat fucks now. You know, really? It, yeah, it's called uh, Woo, Woo. Um, oh wait, the fuck, that'll be great. Even if I do the bit, that's how it would come out. Yeah, it would be Woo. What the fuck? And I'd forget. <laughs> um, 
not fat. They don't say the word fat. Plus, <laughs> woo plus. You know, for like, yeah. you know, fat people. Yeah. Or people that like, you know, fat girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and I'll do 15 minutes on, on this woo bullshit because I, I have fucked these big fatties. Yeah. You know, it used to be like a hobby of mine, you know, and and it takes skill, you know, when you go with something obese. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a war. You ever bang like a chick twice your size? Oh, well, my wife was pregnant, but yeah. <laughs> no, but that's like a normal. I'm talking about something you see and you go, I can take her down. No, I have Yeah, not. yeah, I've done it. Yeah. And what's funny is when you're with a girl that big, they'll fight for the top spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember this one in Chicago. It ended, you know, I'll never forget between the bathroom floor and the living room of the suite. And uh, and I was on top. You know, and it's like I always tell my my fans, I go, whether it be in the past, whether it be in the present and forever, Dice does the fucking. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't care what you weigh, what you got over me, you know, and you can get hurt when you're banging something that big. You know, when you fall off a bed and something like that falls on top of you, yeah. you can break it off. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to get the upper hand. You know what I mean? So I would win because there's no way I'm going to let this girl leave the room and go, I did the fucking, you know, let her think she's going to do the, but I'm going to, I'm going to take it over. Yeah. I'm going to be in the driver's seat. Your big fat cellulitic fucking thighs are going to be flapping in the fucking wind. That's how, that's the speed. That's the tempo I'm going to take, you know? And I did it for the fans. You know what I mean? Because the fans need these stories. You know, when I talk about how I fucked the chick that looked like Shrek, true story. <laughs> you know, because I know nobody would do that. Yeah. You know, I do it because I'm a comic. You know, I owe it to them. But like I said, you know, I, you know, I don't want to hang with them after. You know, they all want to hang. You know, it's like, I got nothing to say to you. I gave you everything I got. Do you yeah. like do you like being alone? Um well I, I got a I got a new chick now, you know, a brand new girlfriend. And uh they, this is funny because Eleanor got her for me. Really? You know? Yeah. Eleanor's my ex fiance. Yeah, you know? that's what I yeah, I was that What? You, you, can ask you, me whatever I, you want. you and Eleanor used to date, right? That's what you do to a fiance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yeah, but I didn't know you guys were engaged. Yeah, yeah. What a goof, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um. So anyway, you know, it's it's a long time ago. Anyway, she she was somewhere. You know, we were in um. In, in one of the cities we were playing, and she looks up at me and she goes, "She's got this big smile on," because, you know, I broke up with my girl about two and a half years ago, something like that, and. I haven't gotten serious about anybody, you know, you know, there were load zappers out there if you really need something. And, uh, you know, 
No, you know what I mean. No, you know, yeah, nothing yeah, to get it. serious no, about, yeah, you know, but yeah. it's like, you know, I'm sick of jerking off. Let me get a load zapper, you know. And um, so anyway, there's been no, but I, I, I didn't even think I'd really get involved with anybody again. Like I got used to like being on my own and being, and I liked it, like not being told what to do. We're going to my mother's house. We're going, and I'm like, get the fuck with your mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I never, my whole life, no matter how many wives, it's like, don't, I'm not going there. You know what I mean? Go go shop, go do whatever you, just leave me alone. You know? I can't believe you never come with me, you know, when I have a family. Get the fuck, I'm dice. Where am I going? You know? It's it's amazing how they don't fucking understand. It it really is amazing, you know. And then you're nice enough to fuck them in front of 150 leather jackets, and you go, do you get the point now? Do you see a three piece suit hanging in here? Am I gonna be on the train in the morning going to the stock exchange? You stupid fuck! I'm dice. Yeah. Who else gets fucked while I'm wearing a leather fucking jacket and fucking black boots on? Name another friend of yours that gets this kind of treatment. You know what I mean? You're a guy. You know what I'm saying? So, um, because I really am. I'm like the nicest guy in the world. I treat a girl beautifully. But don't bother me with going to a restaurant or everybody's going for pizza. You know, just throw the fucking chicken in the oven and get out of my sight for a few hours. That's how I look at them. So anyway... Eleanor looks at me. She's looking at her phone, like always. I mean, I do it too. We all do it. You know, it's a sickness. But she really does it. So anyway, she looks up at her phone and she goes, she's got this like real big smile. And I go, yeah, what? What? You know, she goes, this is good. And she starts asking me, do you remember this girl? I showed you her picture when I went on the cruise. And I go, no, Eleanor, I don't remember. I'll show you the picture she shows me. I'll be nice about it with you. I like you. (laughs) Thank you. I like you, too. (laughs) Uh, What the fuck with the Instagram bullshit? Okay. Here she is. All right. All right. So she shows me. Yeah, look at this. Uh, I don't want anybody. Okay. You can move in on the picture. It's this girl with the long hair. So she shows me this. (laughs) What's your name? Halston. Halston. Take a look. Beautiful girl, right? So, so I'm I'm looking at her and going, yeah. What what about her? You know, she goes, she's coming to the show tomorrow. She goes, don't you remember? I told you, me and my sister, we did a a whole thing. We were telling her about you on the cruise, you know. And I think she was a little thrown off because I said I used to be engaged to you, you know, the whole thing and. You know, you can't judge him by his act. You know, you got to meet him in person to, uh, you know. And I go, all right, so that's a while ago you met this girl. Well, she was single. 
And I'm like, but is she still single? They don't keep these on the market. Yeah. You know? So she wrote to the girl, like she wanted to know if she was single. And she's still single, you know? And I'm going, all right, all right, you know, I, I, you know, I'll be nice and everything. She goes, yeah, just be, what do you, you know, be nice. Just do your show and you'll meet her, whatever. And the minute I, I you know, the minute I said hello, we just started talking. And it's like really become something like, you know, and I, I would even tell her, you know, I mean, I, I call it, you know, I give nicknames, you know, Sugar Plum, you yeah. know. Cause that's like Southern, right? Is she from the South? What? Is she from the South? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but what's funny is her whole family's East Coast. Oh yeah? Everybody. She just happened to grow up where she grew up, you know? And, um, which is so funny. And she speaks, like I said, with the polite. She's so polite. Like, I didn't even know how to talk to her at first. Like, you know? Yeah. You know, and she don't curse really at all. You know, I don't curse that much when I'm not on stage, but I curse like a normal, you know, but she don't, you know, that's not how she is. So we just, you know, from that moment on, like we became like a couple. So like I am involved now. Nice. You know, now I told her, I go, you're going to be with me Christmas. You're going to cook a turkey. You got, you know, it's a test. So last night she says to, I'm, I'm talking on the phone. She goes, when did these tests end? <laughs> like, you know, there's always a test. I go, they never end because there's a lot. I got to, you know, I got I to gotta have a whole profiling of you, you know. But she's this, really the, the nicest. Like <clears throat> any girl I've ever gone with. Uh, two weeks don't go by before the first big fight. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's just the way my life's gone. My sons, if they were here, would back me up. Yeah. They've witnessed, you know, the most volatile, you know, bags being thrown over the fucking balcony, screaming in the fucking street. You, you know, the worst, you know. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. The holidays are coming, and that means a lot of new stuff will be piling up underneath the tree. So why not make some space for all of it by selling the stuff you don't use anymore on Mercari? You know Mercari, the selling app that makes selling your stuff fast and easy. Here's how you do it. You go through your home. You find all the good stuff you don't use, the phone in the drawer, those jeans, you bought once for a special and you never wore and they're still folded up. That handbag that's hiding in the back of your closet. Then you take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item is connected to millions of buyers. It is super easy. Macari even emails you shipping labels when it sells. Literally, the app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average of 4.8 star ratings. So why not give it a try? Everything ships too. So there's no awkward meetups with strangers, which is great now that it's dark so early at night. You can even use Macari to buy gifts as well because with millions of sellers, you never know what treasures you find. You use Macari, right? Didn't you use it? Yeah, I went to an antique store in my hometown and uh, I found a tin toy from the 1940s that's worth like 800 bucks. I got it for 10 bucks, put it on Macari right away. Holy shit, finally, 
an app that makes you money. Check out Macari and lighten the load this holiday season. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Macari, the selling app. So clear out your closet, fill up the piggy bank on Macari. Once again, that's M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Macari, the selling app. Do you remember when socks used to be the worst thing you could get at Christmas? I would argue right now socks are the most important part of my wardrobe. I have tactile issues, and if I don't have good socks, I can't jog. I can't go to hot spin. I can't, I can't put on shoes without good socks. Good socks make my day so much better. It's amazing how much times have changed. Stance has completely changed the reputation of socks, in my opinion. They took this piece of apparel to the next level, something no one cared about. Then they made it something people can't stop talking about. And now they're the go-to gift for people who really want to make someone happy during the holidays. The first time I put on a pair of Stance socks, uh, I was going for a hike. They, I had gotten these ones that had like Colorado Adventure Blue. It's the kind of shoe socks that you'd see like an adventurer wearing who was going on a light hike. And I couldn't stop thinking how comfortable my feet felt. And by the way, they added to my outfit. It was like all of a sudden I could see people looking at my socks. The quality, the details, the socks are incredible. The designs range from simple to elaborate with tons of really cool collaborations. They've got... NBA, MLB, college. I got a, I got a pair of Florida State ones that I wore this past weekend uh, for the Florida State game. Star Wars, The Office, Elf, Step Brothers, Wu-Tang, Metallica, and so much more. If you go to their site, you literally will be going, oh, shut up. I'm getting Grateful Dead socks. I don't know if you're like me, but I find holiday shopping truly painful. This brand has changed everything for me, and now I go to them for literally every single person in my list especially Isla Grace with the pretty face. That girl is super specific about her socks, but you can sell her on socks if they have the cast of The Office on them. She loves her Stance socks. The brand is Stance, and I can't stop talking about how great Stance socks are. At the running store by my house, Stance has a little thing there. All the Stance socks are gone. People buy the good ones right away in the store, but if you go online, you can get the good ones that you want shipped directly to you. Like I said, incredible designs, Super comfortable and unmatched durability. Quality socks for everyone in your family. Buy Stance socks. Buy the pair. Or if you're like me and you like fresh new socks, you can sign up for the subscription to get your favorite on a customized timeline. NBA, James Harden, The Grinch, MLB, Metallica, NFL, Donovan Mitchell, Step Brothers. Do they have Billie Eilish? I would love to get some Billie Eilish socks. My listeners right now can get a free pair of socks with their next order. All you have to do is go to stance.com. Slash Bert. That's stance.com slash Bert. I can't think of a better gift to get or give this holiday season than Stance socks. Take the guesswork out of holiday shopping. Stance makes gifting easy and everyone will be happy. Stance.com slash Bert for all your holiday needs and free socks with a purchase. So I'm not used to, I mean, it, like what, what shocks my son Dylan. <laughs> They're the fucking best. Last night, I'm telling him, don't go to sleep too late. It was 3.30 a.m. Like, what's too late? Yeah. <laughs> Rush hour? What the fuck is too... My house is like an after-hour club. My son Max first sat down at the drums at midnight in the living room. That's like where we keep all the musical stuff. Yeah. And he starts to work out this new kind of solo that he's playing. I'm going, it's... it's you understand we're not a normal family 
Everybody else on the block is out cold. Yeah. You know, you know, we've, we, we're first going, you know, we're first getting into the shank of the evening. I think that's because they grew up. I think that's obviously they're because of your kids and us comics are all night owls. And they're musicians. So there's music coming from, like I could be pulling up. Like if I go hang at the store, it could be two in the morning and I'm hearing them jam. Like you're pulling into the driveway and they, you know, like it's three in the afternoon. And I come in, I go, no, no, you can't do this right. Take the acoustic. What are you doing? You know, there's people leaving the neighborhood because of us. Do you know how they look at us? You know? Yeah. And, um, but anyway, my son Dylan's baffled because he goes, you know, this whole, you know, thing with you and Sugar Plum, he goes, I don't get it. You know, like, it's always nice. I go, we have, you know, we haven't come, not not a bad word between us. I don't get it myself. Yeah. But I guess it's the chemistry of the two of us that she's so different than me. You know, she's not looking for the conflict. Like, I can't have that anymore. You know what it's I mean? what you were probably attracting when you were younger. Is- it's just the way it came down. Like I said, I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you about one animal in Brooklyn that, uh, you know, the night I asked her to, to to do the engagement, I was really young. I also broke up with her the same night, and I'm leaving her house, and there was a big staircase, okay? And, um, you know, and her parents woke up to hear the news. Then they heard the bad news, and I'm trying to leave, and she wraps her arms around my throat that as I'm walking down the steps to get to the front door, she's dragging her fucking feet to weigh me down and her father's fucking pulling her off till they both went flying back and I went flying out of the fucking house. These are the relationships I've had. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I went with a chick, you know, thank God it was a fake gun when I was living up at Crest Hill. You know what I mean? That this girl knew I had this gun, but it was a blank gun. And, and I and I broke up with her, you know, and she's in my room and she goes to take the gun. And I let her because I know it's a fake gun. And she points it point blank and pulls the fucking trigger. Jesus. Yeah. So. And she realized what she did, only it was a it's a cap, a blank gun is caps, you yeah. know, but they feel like a real gun. And I'm standing there and. I didn't know what to do, you know, so uh, so I fucked her. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget. Like, you know, she was on her knees with, you know, with the ass up at the bed. And, and then I told her she had to leave, you know, but the heat of the moment, the excitement of this chick trying to kill me, you know, I'm like, at least fuck her. Yeah. You know, and she blew me to boot, you know. Nice. Yeah. And then it was like, you got to leave or else all the comics are going to fuck your sister in the car up there because they were both really drunk. It was like enough of these girls. Did What was it What was it like? Was there, when when comedy hit its boom, when you took off, I think you introduced, I think you helped introduce a bunch of comedians to a bunch of people as well. I think p- people started finding stand-up. And, and what was the camaraderie like back then? Was it competitive or was it like, yeah, this camaraderie are no, now there is- are no friends. Now it's all of a sudden it's like because of podcasting we can all help each other. Yeah. So there's like a weird. Now back then it, it just 
you know, I felt like the Frank Serpico. You know who Serpico of course, was? I, I think I, I felt like the, the Frank day. Serpico of comics. They hated me from day one because I came to the comedy store with a different kind of act. It was these musical. Impro- I would turn from Jerry Lewis, the nutty professor. Yeah. The original nutty into John Travolta from Greece. And then I would wind up doing the whole Grease Lightning number. Because I, I didn't grow up is loving stand-up. I grew up loving, you know, performers. You know, like I was a real performer. Like by the time I was 17, I'm playing drums, I'm singing in bands, I'm, I knew how to dance, I knew everything. Yeah. And I would watch comics and go, just awful. Like no performing skills whatsoever. Um, they would just stand, you know, and not move around at all. And I was more about entertaining a crowd. So I did this musical act and they hated it, you know. But I became a regular the first night I went to the store. I did 20, you know, audition night, 28 fucking minutes. I fuck everybody where they breathe. (laughs) I remember the fucking MC, only I didn't know he was the MC. I'm coming off the stage and he starts yelling at me, you're never going to work here again. I go, are you the owner? He goes, do you understand you did nearly a half hour? I go, are you the owner? I go, I didn't come 3,000 miles to do three minutes. Get the fuck out of my way. You know? And the next day, I got a call from the store from this guy that used to work there, Steve Moore, going, you need to come and sign papers uh, that you're a regular at the store now, an independent, co- you know, contract, whatever. And, um, and she started working me that night. And then by the time I did, like, Don Kirshner's rock concert which was like a late night rock show with the, the one I did had Devo on it, Joan Armatrang. And I did the longest shot I ever did on, on, on that kind of show. Did 13 minutes using movie f- music from Rocky, Fever, Grease. And I'll never forget the producer, Tom Lynch, who wound up doing my first special like eight years later, you know, because I needed a producer. He was a 23-year-old guy when I met him. And I go, I got all this music. And I go, you know, like meaning you got to pay for it. He goes, just go do your act. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, they could it could have been hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, the yeah. music from the biggest movies on earth, Grease and Fever and Rocky. You know, and I just did it. But it was after that that I said, I got to find me on stage. Because I didn't give a shit about stand-up. I wanted to, I figured I'd just become a movie star. And the easiest way to do that, instead of being in an acting class and acting like a, a turnip, you know, or, uh, you know, when they tell you to turn into an animal or whatever, I'll be on a stage every night honing my craft. Yeah. It's kind of interesting considering that you didn't care about being a stand-up to get into it. At but, all. But you influenced so many people to get into stand-up. Well, what happened is, all of a sudden, you know, uh, I got a shot to go up one night and they go, go put your costume on. You know, Harris Pete was the MC back then. And I go, no, just bring me up the way I am. Just bring, you know, introduce me as Tony Tufferino. And he goes, what? I go, just, just do what I'm telling you. You know, uh, He goes, no, I'm bringing you on as Andrew Clay. So I come on, you know, as Andrew Clay, but I'm in my leather jacket. Yeah, I had big hair back then with a big pomp, the whole thing. And I lit my cigarette and I looked at them and I just smoked, you know. 
And after about two minutes of smoking, I said, uh, you know, I know I haven't told you any jokes yet. I've sort of just been, you know, smoking a cigarette. But you see, I can come up here, and only I can come up here and smoke a cigarette, but yet keep your attention. And the reason I could do that, ladies and gentlemen, is, well, you know, the fact is, I'm just that fucking good. And I walked off. And that's how it, you know, and then I started developing, you know, all the material, you know, you know, and I I had a ton of material because, you know, when I lived in Brooklyn, I always had like a girlfriend and I was, I wouldn't touch a girl's tit for, you know, nearly a week if I was dating her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Out here, it was a whole different set of rules. The most beautiful girls, you know, you want to take them out. They go, well, where do you live? Why? And you're banging them an hour later. So I had the whole women thing going. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, then I see the fag march, you know, on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard on Halloween. That's like their day. Yeah. So I'm jogging on Santa Monica Boulevard. And then I just see thousands of them walking towards me. So I jog home and I say to my girlfriend who became my you know, my wife and my son's mom, you know, I got my new subject. I go, the whole fag thing, you know, I go, people are going nuts from that, you know, you know, cause by then I'm dice and I'm, I'm picking material that's right for this Brooklyn attitude. You know, what would he talk about chicks and what else? The whole gay thing. Yeah. And that was at a time where they weren't that popular before they, you know, they were first fighting. Like today, everything's everything. Yeah. But back then, you know, you say anything, people are looking at you like, oh, man, you know. And my jokes were funny, you know. What were the, I remember, but had AIDS started yet? Well, what happened, I actually spoke about this with uh, Diaz yesterday. What happened was when I would be interviewed, I was myself, you know. They saw my girl. They saw the way I lived. I was like just... No character, no material, nothing. I was telling them who I am. And then when the articles would come back, they just write about the act anyway. So it's like, why am I taking time to meet with people two and three days? And they don't even write about it because they needed the controversy. Yeah. You know, I was on TV just about every day, whether it be Entertainment Tonight or all these tabloid shows. I'm like, you know, I can't believe the deal they're making over a comic, you know. Like, it was unreal to me. Oh, it it must have been overwhelming. But then I I started getting angry. So, like, my gay jokes back then, like, you know, I go, and who are these people that come from Fagatron? You know, it was just a joke to me. Yeah. You know, you know, and I would do jokes like, you know, when I got the bisexual, I go, you know, bisexual, what do you get up in the morning, flip a coin, heads I want, hair pie, tails, balls across the nose. (laughs) And people would go, but it wasn't. They weren't knew that punchline. My, but the point was they weren't hateful <laughs> jokes. They were just oh, funny about the gay community. I've never looked at another grown man's ass. No, but yeah, but I I would talk about all that, but it wasn't hateful stuff. But as the media <laughs> the Kelly loves this. Yeah. You know. I remember that so vividly. Yeah. 
because it was like there wasn't there wasn't it was such a different world. I mean, I, I did. It was a different world. I just told someone the other day I didn't know any Asians growing up. And they were like, you didn't know an Asian? And I was like, I didn't know an Asian at all until I moved to California. And they yeah. were like, how's that even possible? I go, I grew up in Florida. Like, and but heads, <laughs> tails, balls across the nose. Yeah. Well, but what I'm saying is they were just jokes. It was just jokes. Yeah. I wasn't looking to hurt anybody. It was just subject matter. Yeah. It, I, but so at. As the media got more intense with me, I'd get angry and I started getting mean about it. I wanted them to hear what Joe Rogan calls dice mean. Like when I get angry at somebody on stage, he goes, I love dice mean. Like, because it just doesn't become a joke anymore to me. If yeah. I hate somebody in you the crowd. You had legit. Yeah. You probably have had, you had, you were probably the first person to try to where cancel culture came after you now it's so popular but no well that that's the thing see today everybody's being attacked for saying anything that's why back then it was just you but that's why no that's why it's hard for comics yeah. today you know and network will go well if you're going to do that bit we're not giving you your special you know and it's like but that's the meat of it that's what i build to you know so it's almost like mediocre is considered the new great today See, yeah. but when I took off, I did exactly what I wanted. And it was the whole media just against me. And you talk about comics. What fucking prick cocksuckers. Jay Leno, fucking Seinfeld, all these motherfuckers. Hey, you ever see me on Comedians with Cars? Mm -mm. Isn't that funny? The one comic he should have on, you know, and it doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm just better at all of it than these fucking guys. I could run circles around them. Like if you said to me, Dice, uh, somebody pulled out on a special. Can you go up there and do a new hour tonight? I go, yeah, why, why couldn't I? I'm supposed to be the greatest. Yeah. So if you call yourself the greatest, you better go up there and be fucking great. That, that's how I look at comedy. I don't, you know, whatever your routine is, I, I get a routine, but I love just picking something like the you know like the new fat girl thing the yeah. the, the woo plus and i and i'll come on stage and eleanor will go where the fuck did that come from you sit in your backyard you don't go on a stage and you gave them 15 minutes up front before you got into your act i go because that's what i'm known for and i'm supposed to do that and the day I can't do that anymore, I don't want to be on stage. But I think that I think for most of us, <clears throat> there, I was thinking of this this morning. I was like, the day the laughter died, it felt like a legit workout set. It was supposed to be the ultimate late night set. Yeah, I think nothing planned. Yeah, and that was what I think all of us. When I go to the store and I see someone go up, and when I see someone bump someone and do material that they've already done on specials, I go, you left your family to do that? Like, you should be working out. You should be. Well, that was my, because I was doing the, the biggest places in the world. So, you know, I, I had an idea. Me and Rick were like, let's do the ultimate late night set. Those are the best ones. With no people. Yeah. And from Mitzi Shaw to David, Mitzi, Mitzi said, uh, it'll ruin your career when she came up to my house to hear some of it and there's like no people you yeah. know she's what is this you you play the forum you do the greek thing 
I go, you don't have to like it, you know. And she goes, it's going to ruin your career, Angel. It went gold in four days. Oh, yeah. David I mean, Geffen called me up. He goes, this is before they put it out. He goes, all right, so I understand the concept. Why does it have to be double CD? <laughs> I go, because it's never been done. You know, I'm the guy that does the first, yeah. you know. You know, and it went through the roof that we did a sequel. We did part two, you know, which I like I better than part one. I have both of them. Part two is better because part two is very real when I'm talking about like the contractor and my sister's wedding, what I went through yeah. with the old guy with the butter that I just, because I don't, I don't believe in salad. I know we're taught as children, eat your vegetables. Yeah. I don't do that. I never did. There's no reason. You know, I want a steak. I want chicken. I want a baked potato. Mm-hmm. I don't need green leaves. You know, I don't even know what roughage is. I don't, I don't, you know, they call it rough. I go, I don't eat it. There's no taste. There's, I, I don't believe in, in eating this nonsense, you know? And uh, so I don't eat it. <laughs> yeah. I... So I'm online. And I cut the whole line. There's like five weddings. It was like my sister's third marriage, okay? Yeah. Which, thank God, it worked out all these years. So uh, I cut to the front of the line. I just want to grab some of the rolls and butter, you know? So this this real old guy, because I put my hand in, you know, and I look at him, he goes, you know, and I think, I take the rolls, I take the butt, and he goes, you should have a really good marriage. Because he's seeing me there with my wife, I guess. Yeah. He, he probably figured I just got married. And I go, no, 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 I, I, I don't believe in salad, you know, so I just need the rolls and butter. I'm not really cutting in. I just, it's no reason for me to be back there. I don't need anything. Well, you should really have a good, like he was being nasty to me. Yeah. So I fucking unload on this old cocksucker. You know, I'm like, who the fuck are you to you old fucking cocksucker? At least I could still fuck, you know, and I go off on it. So it wasn't until a couple of years later that Rick Rubin were, were talking about that bit, you know, because it really happened. And he goes, what's so great about the bit is that the guy's wishing you well and you just lay into him. I go, no, but I think when I lay into him, like people understand, like he knows I cut the line and he's like being like nasty to me. Like he really hopes the marriage isn't good. Yeah. He goes, no, that's not how it comes off. It comes off like the guy's going, you know, I wish you a lot of luck and you're going, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. He goes, that's what's so hysterical about that bit. I go, I never even thought of it that way. <laughs> I thought of it like the way it, it was in my mind that day. He goes, yeah, but nobody knows that. Nobody was at the wedding with you. Yeah. And I started laughing because now I realize it's even funnier than I thought. <laughs> and then this contractor showed up on part two that was telling me he wanted to get in. I'm like, well, who the fuck? Number one, they were taking forever to hell to to do stuff in my house in Jersey. They were the worst contractors ever, these fucking guys. The whole house was falling apart from them. And uh and I'm screaming like, well who the fuck are you? 
Like that uh, I'll put you on a list. Who the yeah. fuck are you? You put my fucking sink in the wrong way, you cocksucker. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how I looked at the fucking construction guys. You know? So that's why I like part two more because like I was really pulling stuff from my life and just going off about it. I think that uh, that that's my favorite part of you is I, I, I take that. I mean, obviously, I think I just did, showed did it. Did you but, even say when I'm at the stand? Yeah, we you said didn't it even say it. December 10th, 18th and 19th, right? Is it the 18th? Don't fuck this up because you're <laughs> first becoming friends. <laughs> believe him supposed to be a, a talk show host no not the the 10th the 10th at the stand in new york yeah. and then the 17th and the 18th that's at what the i stand. said that's what i said no you said 18th and 19th it's 17th and 18th dude this has been a, a dream come true i didn't say we gotta end i gotta i gotta go scout a location no, I'm for just my tv saying, show oh big shot now. yeah i gotta uh, it's got a location right. at 345. What kind of show are you doing? Uh, you'll get an invite, I guarantee it, uh, to show on Netflix. Where I go take, uh, I can't really talk about it on air, but I- Why? Because I, I, I'm not allowed to talk about but, it. But everything's been done, so what's the difference? <laughs> I take, uh, just edit this out. I oh, think, you don't have to say what the show's uh, about, yeah. but is it is it a special it's or just, is it no, a- I did, I just, just filmed my last special two weeks ago, and this is a scripted series. Shoots in L.A. A script. Yeah, your name was oh. on the list today. You'll get an offer. It's, you, you don't have to take. You don't have what? to take it. It's it's a long story. Oh, you can't tell me the part. I know. No, it's no. I. It's you. It's you playing you. I can't tell them what it is because then. No, don't tell the audience. Yeah. Why'd you even tell them you're gonna make me an offer for it? Because we well, they, we just got a list when I was outside waiting for you. I got the list of uh, all the people that they wanted to have on the show. So this is a sitcom? Uh, no. So it's, it's like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, kind of. Yeah. See, I you're like perfect. That kind you're perfect. You're perfect for it. You're perfect. I'll only do it as I'm a regular, because uh, well, <laughs> it'll keep me off the road. Okay. I'm, That's I'm, it. Uh, okay. <laughs> How much? All right. This is what I want to hear. <laughs> Let Let's just make this a little fun for the listening audience. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the big offer. Okay. Right. Who makes the offer? Number one, uh, is ne- it you? No, I, yeah, Netflix. But yeah, I would do a show for them. Yeah, I had a problem with that comedy guy a little. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, but um, but I I gotta let that go because he's young. You gotta yeah. forgive him. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, but this 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 is an acting thing, right? Uh huh. All right, so. All right, so the man that's going to make the offer, do you know him? Yeah. What's his name? Todd. Should we call him? <laughs> yeah, we can call him right now. Let's call Todd and let's... We'll put him on speaker. I think right. the listening audience, because they never get to hear this stuff. Yeah. And if he gives me the top of show bullshit, I'll come over there. I'll fucking choke him to death. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's an awesome. Hey, hey, what's up, Todd? It, you um, know what's so funny? <laughs> yeah. Notice how Todd picked up for you? Yeah. Okay. I'm with Andrew Dice Clay. We're doing a podcast. Todd, how's it going? Hey, Dice. What's how, happening? 
<clears throat> see how nice he's being? Yeah. Because he he's gonna try to reel me in by <laughs> saying how much fun it's gonna be, yeah. all that shit. Yeah. Okay. Hey Todd. Yeah, no, we're doing a, a podcast, and I'm, I'm showing like the fans, which did I mention I have millions of, um, how how deals get made in Hollywood, and Bert was saying that you're putting together his new TV show, and you want me on the TV show. Yeah, if Bert, if this, and absolutely, if Bert wants you. No, 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 no. He said. All right, we could play you this. Hey, Dice, here's how important Bird is to me. Okay. I'm, in a, I'm in Australia, and we're shooting nights, and I wrapped at 5 a.m., and it's 8.30 a.m. here. I, I just looked over, and I saw... All right, sorry, let's, sure let's not make believe you're the only guy that's ever been to Australia. <laughs> okay, because I know it's a 17-hour flight. I toured Australia. I'm actually coming back this year. Because I got a, what I would call a giant offer for six stupid shows that they want me for in Kangaroo Town. Are you there? Which I don't yeah, even... Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, I don't even want to fucking go over there. But you want to offer me sick money? I'll come take it. You understand? All right. I do understand. So I understand your big shot. Did you go pet the koala bear yet? Uh, you know what? I didn't because they have all kinds of weird STDs. I don't need any of that. They happen to be a wonderful animal. I held one when I was there. <laughs> all right. So anyway, we don't have to play the jerk-off game because you said if Bert wants me on the show. Now, Bert has already informed me that I'm on a list Perfect. to be on the show. Perfect. What do you mean, I Perfect. It. You're supposed to know that. He's, he's shooting a movie. I think it's, it's I, I, somewhere I, else. Oh, I mean, like I said. What movie? Who's yeah, in, like who's said, in your know, big... You, I'm a little out of the loop. No, but who's in your movie that you went all the way to Australia? Who's the main star? Uh, we're doing we're doing Mortal Kombat over here. We're, we're uh, shooting uh, the movie uh, based on the... The game. A very, very popular video game, yes, sir. The game that my friend put out the game that made a billion dollars the day it came out. Am I right or wrong? That's yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. You are. It's My friend runs that studio. My friend Johnny runs that studio. Oh, it's amazing. NetherRealm is amazing. All right. So you're shooting the bullshit game movie with no real stars in it. <laughs> Uh, I get it. Everybody's got to. Everybody's got to make that mortgage payment. I get it. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely, Dice. You know what I mean. <laughs> you, and let me tell you something. The chicks over there in Australia, you know, you know, they got that porcelain skin and them beefy pink boxes. Have you seen any yet? No. Let me tell you something. In fact, Bert. Yeah, I, Bert, I'll send Bert a picture of where I currently am. I, my hotel, we are in a quarry shooting a you know huge fight scene, literally in a quarry in the middle of the outback. My room right now looks like a white collar prison. And the whole the whole city's a shit house. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, That's why you went there to I'm film. Even, you know, 
I'm in Adelaide. I'm not in Sydney or even the Gold Coast. I'm in Adelaide. Which is oh, all them which fucking is. boroughs suck. You know, they got nothing to eat. I don't eat kangaroo burgers. That's why I told them I'm not going to come for a long time because there's nothing to eat there. There's one place where you could get some ribs. You know what I mean? So I just went there every day, you know, for breakfast, lunch, of, and dinner. Yeah, it's a, lot, it's a lot of breaded meats and cheeses for sure. Yeah, I don't believe in cheese. It's what turns chicks into shit. <laughs> yeah, cheese and dressing. Uh, Bert, did, Bert, did you reel him in? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. We got him. Promising. We got him. We got him. Right. I'm going I'm going to the scout right. now. I'll, I'll give you a call tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Take care. Nice Bye. talking to you. Bye. All right, miss you too. All right. God bless. I love you. <laughs> you are the fucking best. How, nice. how much fun was this fucking oh, guy? He's, he's in a quarry trying to film, and he's getting this psychotic on the phone. Oh, that's the, the greatest best, thing. You're the best. This is a dream come true. I can't tell you if 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 I could go back to ninth grade Bert and tell him in the middle of that lunchroom. No, one day you'll have him over at your house, and he will tell that joke that that <laughs> someone just told. told at the table. He'll tell it to you, and no, you'll but, recite it with them and fall apart. No, this is this has been a blast. Dude, Are you kidding? Thank you, man. I'm glad. I've been wanting to meet you. I told Eleanor that. Oh, dude, I'm I'm I've been a huge fan my whole life. Uh, I've, Where I, you been touring? I'm just everywhere. But do you go out for a long time? Yeah, I go out. I'll leave February. Uh, January 30th, and I'll go out hard until probably May. Really? You'll yeah. just stay out? Stay out. I'll come, come home. I'll come home a couple weeks, like a few weeks. This I'll come home maybe Monday, Tuesday, and then fly back out Wednesday. But uh, I, I love, I really love the part you're talking about where you're writing and creating on stage. I love, I'm obsessed that's with it. it. That's the only way I could do it. Yeah. Like, and then, and I'm, I don't have it, I'm not getting ready for a special. So it's just playing around on stage. And uh -huh. so for me, that's where I'm addicted. That's why I'm, I'm at the store just about every night this week, all month. And oh, people, uh, aren't I, uh, my, uh, my Instagram, because that's what I like. Andrew yeah. Dice Clay is my Instagram Yeah, for you know people to come over. I'll, I'll do, we'll do a story in a second. We'll do a video and we'll put it up and we'll send everyone over to your Instagram. You also said you're going to give me the number of your friend where there's yep. a million numbers. Molly, I got. I'll see if she texted me back. Yeah, you got to set me up with that. Yep, she's in. She's in. Yeah, she said. So this is like the only person that can make this happen. Yeah, it's Ashton Kutcher's company. Okay, so yeah. I got you set up. I'll send it all. I'll send it. I'll send everything to Eleanor, and she'll Eleanor. Yeah, she'll yeah, organize she's it. She's the one with. All I know how to do is dial and text. Yeah, I got it. I have over 4,000 unopened emails. I tell everybody I'm never going to look at an email ever. I have so many fucking. I never. How many? Emails. How many you got? Uh, it, it won't even tell me anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. That's I have so many. Here, wait. Uh, in my inbox, unopened, I have 68,000. <laughs> From who? How many people do you know that? I, would... I haven't been answering them for years as long as I've had the email address. That's a I stopped a few years ago because I'm like, just tell me. Yeah. When I run into somebody and they go, I sent you an email, I go, just, just tell you're me. You're right in front of me. <laughs> just tell me, you know? Like, what's the big secret? What do I got to read about it for? You're right in front of me. Yeah. 
So, well, hey, thank you, Dice. But, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I appreciate dog. You're great. Thank you, brother. This was fun. We'll do it again. Let's do it. And uh, maybe we'll do you. We'll, uh, we'll bring your sons in. We'll bring. They would be fun. I would fucking love that. They'll play a concert here. Done deal. Yeah. Thank you, brother. All right. I'll see you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.